cast vision, let you know what, let you know what God has done for us in the last year, and, and let you know some objectives and some goals that we want to accomplish in the coming year. And so today is our vision Sunday, um, and so we're going to be sharing a lot about what God has done, what God is doing, and what we hope God will do in the coming days, weeks, months, and year. So again, this is a unique Sunday. Our custom here, the way we typically approach this time of God's Word is we take a section of Scripture and we simply explain it and help you to apply it. That's called expository preaching. And so we believe that that is the best way to uh, grow disciples, is the best way to grow a church, and is the best way to be faithful to God's holy word. And so I do have a, 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 a quick devotional for you on this morning, because God always has a word for his people, especially when they gather. So if you have a copy of God's word, the Bible, or if you have it on your device, I would ask that you would turn to Matthew chapter number 14. Matthew chapter number 14, and we'll start at verse number 22. Matthew chapter 14, beginning with verse number 22. There are some physical copies of, Bible, of the Bible on the hospitality table at the back. Matthew chapter 14, beginning with verse number 22. And here is how it reads as you stand in honor and reverence to God's holy word. I'll be reading from the English Standard Version. Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against him. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. And said, it is a ghost. They cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water. And came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
If I were to give a title to this sermon, and I was going to do a full explanation of it, I would simply title this sermon, Water Walkers. Water Walkers. Jesus, when you do a harmony of the gospel, you find out that Jesus has just fed the 5,000 with two fish and five loaves of bread. And Jesus now, the text says he's gone alone up to a mountain to pray. The disciples have started to make their way to the other side. Jesus shows up on the water, walking on water. We have gotten so used to this story that sometimes we are not as in awe of this story as we should be. It is by nature for water when a human being goes into it that they should go under the water. But what should have taken Jesus under, Jesus is on top of. Jesus is over what should have taken him under. Jesus is walking on water. The disciples see this frame of a person walking on the water. They don't realize it's Jesus yet, so they think it is a ghost. And Jesus' word to his disciples is, take heart. Don't be afraid. It's me. And actually, he says, it is I. Ego, I, me in the Greek. E-G-O, where we get our word ego, I, I, me, E-I-M-I, I am. So it literally says, I, I am. I, I am. Wake up, y'all. I, I am. If you remember... God called this man by the name of Moses in the Old Testament. He says, Moses, I've chosen you to go down and tell Pharaoh in Egypt to let my people go. Moses says, when I get there and the people ask, who sent me? Who am I supposed to say? Sent me. And God says, tell them I am that I am. Jesus is now walking on water in front of a number of Jewish disciples People who come from the same line of people that were brought out of the land of Egypt, they were in a storm in Egypt under the oppression of Pharaoh. And to these Jews now, Jesus says, I, I am. In other words, the same God that brought your forefathers out of Egypt is the same God that is with you right now in this storm. Y'all better come on because I ain't got long. That same God is here with you. And so Peter, my boy Peter, says, Lord, if it's you, command me to come you on the water. And Jesus says, if you coming, come on. Come. And the text says that Peter got out of the boat, and now the same thing that Jesus was doing, Peter is doing. Peter is now walking on water, He should have drowned, but he's walking on water. Why is it that Peter 
is having success of walking on water because he's simply walking on the word. Jesus spoke a word, come, and now Peter is able to walk on water. Now watch this. Peter is walking on water. But then the text says he saw the wind, and he was afraid. Question for the crowd. How do you see wind? It's not a trick question. Thank you. Help me preach this thing. Russ said, you don't see wind, you only see the effects of the wind. He looked at the circumstances and the conditions around him and it put fear in his heart. Though he was walking on water because he saw the circumstances, the conditions, he says, I'm scared now. And it was that fear that took him under. As long as he was trusting in God, I am, he was able to do what was unnatural. He was able to accomplish the miraculous. He was able to do what was impossible as long as he kept his mind, his eyes on Jesus, and his eyes on the word. It's not until he starts, saw what was affecting everybody else. Now I'm going to start preaching to myself that he started to sink. Church, what we need are some people, some water walkers, some people who have their eyes on Jesus. And because of their eyes are on Jesus, they're going to keep their eyes on his word and every promise that is in his word. And they're going to walk by faith and not by sight. What has you afraid as we lock arms and walk together into the future of the Bridge Church. Friends, I don't know if you know this, but we have been walking on water for the last two and a half years. Let me remind you real quick. I've told you this before, but you forget. We start out as a church plant. Most of them fail. The jury's still out. <laughs> But the trajectory is up for the Bridge Church. We're walking on water. I told you before, they said, Brandon, if you're, going, if you're going to plant a church, you have to follow the homogeneous unit principle, which came out from some missiologists a few years ago that said the easiest way to reach people is by, is by going to people that look like you, that talk like you, that vote like you, that think like you that live where you live. And so that is the predominant thought in church. And so, Brandon, you need to follow that. So go, go, go find you some educated black folk. That's who you can reach. You're not going to reach anybody else. That's the homogeneous unit principle that we follow in church. And so I said, okay. Not going to do it. I'm going to go plant me a multi-ethnic church. 
And when I said that, they said, can't do it. It'll never work, especially in Wichita. And my word to them was, watch me, watch me. <laughs> Look around right now. Y'all, we're walking on water. This little black country boy is reaching all y'all in Wichita. We've been walking on water. Okay, okay, okay. Now, now they're like, okay, we really want you to come plant a church, but Lord, if you're not going to do what we said, do, can you at least plant it in an area where, where the community can financially sustain the church? Why y'all laughing? That is what they told me. I said, okay, what about Oliver and 13th? No, 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 no. All right, I'm going. Walking on water. I'm going to show you some stuff here in a little bit. I'm going to show you how much walking on water we've been doing. I was, I've told you this before, and I'm going to tell you again. I was driving south down Oliver. I had just preached up in Bel Air or close to Bel Air. I was going back to have lunch with some people. And God spoke to me. It's only happened a couple of times in my life. God spoke to me, and I heard him very clearly. And he said, Brandon, you've preached the gospel. I'll take care of the rest. Because as a church planter, how are we going, what, what, how am I going, where are we going to get the people from? Where is the money going to come from? Where are we going to worship? Where, where, where are the building going to come from? You have all these things that scare you to death. And God told me, driving down Oliver, you preach the gospel and I take care of the rest. Let me show you. Before I leave here, let me end this devotional real quick. Peter starts going under because he starts thinking like everybody else. And he prays real quick, Lord, save me. And Jesus saves him, but once he saves him, he says, now I need to deal with your heart. Oh, ye of little faith, why did you doubt? Why did you doubt when you just saw me feed 5,000 with two fish and five loaves of bread? Why did you doubt when you saw me walking on water and not drowning? Why did you doubt when I told you you could come and walk on this water, and you were doing it. Why did you doubt? What frustrated Christ more than anything with his disciples while he was on his earth, on the earth, was their lack of faith. And so simply, what I'm asking you is, let's keep walking on water, but let's walk by faith and not by sight. I'll show you. Let's talk about 2017 quickly. We set out some very simple things from 2017, and we said we wanted to multiply. And we wanted to multiply some disciples. We had people that were baptized. We started a new bridge group that's led by one of our elders, Daniel DeYoung. Our membership has increased significantly in 2017. 
There were significant things that were done in the way of outreach with Spate Elementary and Adams Elementary. I don't know if you guys know this, but every year we, we appreciate, during Teacher Appreciation Week, which is the first week in May, uh, Emily, and she takes some, pe- some people from our church, we buy all this stuff, we put in some fancy stuff together, and every person that works at both Spade and Adams get a gift from the Bridge Church. And it's not like little bitty stuff. We, we are significant in these things that we put in because we want to show teachers that they are valuable. We also see our, everybody that works at Spade and Adams as a mission field. We do that also for the people here uh, for the educators here in our church as well, because we want them, let, want them to know how much we appreciate them. Not only do we do things like that, the school day in Wichita has gotten longer, and so um, the principal at Adams said, the babies get so hungry, and so we bought snacks, we buy snacks, we still do that. And so what we need to do going forward is increase our partnership with these schools. We've given away coats, we've given away uniforms, we give away a lot. And so now it's time to take it to another level. And I'm going to talk more about that. But let me show you how God works. In 2017, we raised, and this, in, this includes designated and non-designated gifts. By uh, designated, I mean when you give to a specific fund or issue or cause. For instance, if you give to um, a benevolence, that's a designated gift. We have to use that for whatever you give it to. That's designated giving. If you say, I want to sponsor a teenager to go to Focus Conference or Challenge, we have to use it for that. And so there's, or if you say, hey, I want to help with spate and Adams in some way and I want to give financially, that's designated giving. Money that you don't say we have to use for a specific thing, that's non-designated. So when you give tithes and offering, that's non-designated. It goes to our general fund to cover the expenses of operating as the Bridge Church. Last year, that total was right around $249,000. And that was great for uh, less than 100 people at the time. I want to show you, um, and last year, when we took away the expenses, we, were, uh, we had a surplus of $30,000 from 2016. Is God not good? God is good. Amen. Yeah, thank you. We... Let's get our running shoes on. Let's bring up our net income statement. Here's our revenue in 2017. We were at 249. This year we were able to bring in $330,000. This water walking church. I meet annually with the Southern Baptist uh, representative here, and we have to go through all the different projections and stuff that which helps them determine. Um, which helps them determine how much they're going to support us. And so they say on a per capita basis what, the, uh, what you can expect to give from every person that comes into the seat, what it average out to is $14 a person. That's what you can expect. That's the per capita, 40, $14 per person. He did the math for us. It was $31 a person. Thank you. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for your faithfulness and your stewardship. And so that's what we took in last year. Emily spent a lot more too last, this year. But we still had a net of $52,000, 678. So God has been faithful to 
to us. Remember, what did I tell you? God told me, you preach the gospel, I take care of the rest. Y'all, okay, I know why y'all not shouting right now. I've got some small business people here, or some people with business degrees. The one thing that they tell you is that the first few years of a new business, you're going to take a loss, generally speaking. Same thing applies to church plants. Same thing about your, we are typically, uh, church plants are typically in the red the first few years. The bridge has never had that. Whoo-wee. I'll do a better job of my presentation because y'all ain't getting this, how good God's been. Jeez. So let me give you also what uh, our balance sheet looks like uh, real quick. Balance sheet is just a snapshot of our financial position. And so essentially what this statement means is we are healthy. Um, assets, those are, that's cash, property, equipment. Um, we've got a certain amount of money. I think that 136 is maybe what we have in the bank. Uh, fixed assets are going to be things like equipment, uh, uh, all this stuff you see on the stage like the organ, the keyboard. Uh, we just, praise God, we just bought a brand new sound system. Amen. Um, and, and, and it is current and it's up to date. We spent almost $20,000 on sound equipment. You're like, dang, we spent that much? No, 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 no. God provided that much. The bridge didn't pay a dime. All that money was donated by outside sources. God provided it, just what we need. So he said, Brandon, you preach the gospel. I'll take care of the rest. And so those are our assets, so $171,000 total. Liabilities, essentially, that's um, just credit cards uh, for the staff, and so that's what was uh, at the time of the balance sheet. That's how much was on our combined credit card. Um, and so we, everything equals out. And so we are healthy as a church. And this is just one way that demonstrates God's faithfulness and God's kindness and God's favor towards the Bridge Church. Now, let me tell you something. The first year, internal giving, I mean, all the money, so you saw that that $330,000, the very first year, 45% of that only came from us who gather as the Bridge Church. 55% was given from outside sources. 2017, we went from 45% to 49%. We missed our goal of 50% by just one percentage point, but we made progress. So now, let me give you an update as to where we are from internal giving of that 330000 that was given last year, how much of that was given by the Bridge Church. Why is this important? A number of reasons. We want to be financially self-sustaining. At some point, outside sources that give to us, that they're going to wean us off that support and it won't be there. And so we need to be able to take care of our own ministry. And so that's something, it, it, that, that's a marker that we have to hit as a church for a number of different reasons and what have you. Um, and so we've gone from 45% to 49% to 61.5%. God is good. God is good. 
And why do we talk about money so much? Because that's the topic that Jesus dealt with the most. Because money, where, where our treasure is, that's where our heart is. Money reveals the heart. Money, let me tell you this, money is a discipleship issue. See, y'all good with me as long as I'm talking about reading the Bible, praying, fasting, and all that other good stuff. Now he's sticking to the gospel. But once I start talking about your bank account, oh, he just needs, he, he shouldn't talk about our money. But Jesus taught about that more than did about heaven or hell combined. Why? Because it oftentimes is a test or uh, uh, reveals our spiritual maturity. The biggest competitor to God in the world is money. So when we talk about money, it's not just because I like talking about money. That most churches don't grow talking about money unless you tell everybody they're going to get some. And you, and I'm not going to do that. So this is not a church growth strategy. It's something that we need to be aware of because it talks about uh, the health of our church. The church should be a generous church. That's what we learn in the book of Acts. They were generous. Lord, they were so generous that they would take their own possessions, sell it, come back and lay it at the apostles' feet so that everybody would go, uh, ha would go without having any need. They, they would lay it at the apostles' feet so that every need was met in the community. All right, I'll get off that soapbox. As much as we celebrate about 2017, there were a couple of disappointments. And, and so these are some things that we got to keep our eye on, keep focused on, um, and pray about. Number one, uh, one of the most elusive ministries in our church has been that of college ministry. And it's something that we need to be doing. Um, it makes plenty of sense that since we're only uh, just a few blocks away from WSU, that we would have some kind of college ministry. God has started to send us at least a college student. And so we need to be doing something to reach out to WSU, friends, and what have you. And so those are some things that are going to be things that we are going to pray about. Um, and we're just going to ask God to send the right people um, who have the right margin um, so that we can do this. Something else that was somewhat of a disappointment in 2017 is one of the areas that we need to continue to prove on is leadership development. And what that means is every ministry leader needs to identify someone that they can raise up to take their position. If we want to be a multiplying church, meaning that we're going to uh, send people to other churches or, or go plant other churches, we need to send leaders out who can help with those ministries. And so when we send leaders out, we need someone to step up and take that position. And so if we're not raising up more leaders, we can be in a lot of trouble in the future. And so those are some things that I'm going to ask um, every ministry leader to begin to pray about who can I identify, recruit, and raise up to be a leader in our ministry, whether it's worship team, whether it's hospitality, whether it's uh, sound, whether it's ushers, whether it's greeting, whether it's nursing, whatever it may be, we need to be raising up leaders in every ministry. And that's something I've got to do a better job of, of leading you through and showing you how to do it. So that's what God has done for us in 2017. Um, our average attendance has gone from 90 
uh, to now roughly around 125. So we praise God for the, the growth. I'm seeing life change as far as people, uh, as far as people's hearts. It doesn't mean there's some, that doesn't mean that there's not sin and hurt and pain in this uh, body, but God is doing some great things um, as we stay committed to the ministry of the word and the ministry of prayer, the ministry of community and what have you. So where are we going in 2018? We've got a lot to talk about, so let's zoom through this. 2018, here's some things that we want to focus on. One of the things, and the way I've um, uh, kind of, the, the theme for 2018, let me just tell you what the theme is for 2018. Our theme for 2018 is reaching up to God, reaching in to one another, and reaching out to the community. So that's going to be our theme for the next two years, actually, 2018, 2019, reaching up, reaching in, reaching out. We were created to worship God. We are worshipers. We are people who were created for the glory of God. So that's the reaching up piece. So what does that look like in 2018? The biggest thing for reaching up is we need to pray. And the church said, when we studied the book of Acts, the reason the gospel spread like wildfire is because they were committed to prayer and the ministry of the word. And so what does that mean? Does that mean we're just going to tell everybody to pray more? That normally doesn't work for Christians. So what does that look like as a church? What are we going to do? Our small groups typically meet every week. What we're going to ask is for everyone, whether you're in a group or not, is to take the first Wednesday of every month and let's gather here together and we're just going to have an old-fashioned style prayer meeting. See, we can get excited about meeting about money and buildings and all that other kind of stuff, but folks don't get excited about praying anymore. But prayer is the key. We must be a God-dependent church. So beginning the first Wednesday in February, which is the 7th, February 7th, is that the first Wednesday? February 7th at 6.30 p.m., we're going to gather right here and pray. It's going to look different from month to month, but we're going to gather here and be prepared to pray. Some weeks it will be elder-led. The first month it probably will be elder-led. We'll do a prayer of adoration, a prayer of confession, a prayer of thanksgiving, a prayer of supplication. We'll give you the opportunity to pray individually as family. We may sing some songs, some hymns. Worship team, don't, 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 don't panic. It won't require much more of you. All we need is a keyboard and, and somebody to sing. Something like, what a friend we have in Jesus. Good old hymn. And we're just going to gather together and we're going to pray. And we're going to watch God work from his people praying. Life change, people change, situations change when God's people pray. 
If your heart aches about whatever is happening in our country, I dare the church to get on their knees and start praying. If your if this if what's happening in this community breaks your heart, I dare God's people to start praying and just see what happens. So that's simply what we're going to do in reaching up is we are just going to focus this year on praying. That's reaching up, reaching in. That's the edification of the body. What are we going to do to minister to one another? Because the Great Commission is both outward focus and inward focus. When we talk about making disciples, it's outward focus in that we've got to go and share the good news, evangelize, and, and pray that people will come to saving faith. That's reaching out. But once they get here, Jesus said, you got to teach them. And so what does reaching in look like for the bridge in 2018? As shepherds, and I'm going to tell you this so you can hold us as elders accountable. I've asked the elders, I said, as shepherds, the primary job of a shepherd is to know their sheep. One of the primary jobs of a shepherd is to know their sheep. And the only way to get to know sheep is just by spending time with them. And so I've asked the elders to, to have, uh, to have uh, some time with two families every quarter. That may look like having dinner together. It may be having a game night together. It may be getting together for dessert. I don't know what it's going to look like, but every quarter, I want our elders spending time with two families. And so don't be surprised and shocked when elders call and say, hey, we'd like to get a uh, get with you and talk with you and just get to know you. The only agenda is to get to know one another. We cannot lead you well if we don't know you well. Now, we talked about the ministry of prayer. Let's talk about how we're going to feed our people well in 2018. One of the things that breaks my heart is that the divorce rate in the church is the same as it is in the world. Marriages and families are under constant attack by the enemy. And so we have to counter his attacks to make sure families are strong. And so we are going to have a marriage conference this year. It's a marriage enrichment conference. This is not a conference just for folks who are having problems in their marriage. It's the same thing as like you're going to a doctor for an annual exam. It's a checkup. You should always, Russ, you can help me with this analogy. Don't you want me to bring my car in regularly to get it serviced and maintained? Yoast Automotive, that's free advertising. You can take me out to lunch for that. But that's how the car, that's how you maintain the car, how, how you keep it running and, you, and, and it has longevity when you take care of it on a regular basis. Some of our marriages are hurting because we've neglected them. We haven't done the right things to get them to a place where they can maintain its health. And so this year, we're going to have a marriage conference. I'm hoping to bring in uh, a guy from Atlanta. He's a guy that uh, I just really respect. 
um, and he just has so much wisdom. And so I'm going to bring I want to bring him in, and he's I'm just going to give him a weekend to minister to us and talk about what is God's vision for marriage. Because too many people think we get married because we want to be happy, and we get out of marriages because we're not happy. But God never invented marriage for our happiness. It's nowhere in the Bible. And so I'm going to bring in the guy, and so that's one of the things we're going to focus on. So if you're married, you need to be preparing for this conference. We're going to get you more information in the coming uh, uh, months. But this is a marriage for those who, this is a conference for those who are married, those who are about to get married, want to get married. That's one of the things we're going to do this year, this marriage conference. is something that I'm excited about. Um, we, we hope to start another bridge group, this, our small group, um, this coming year. Why is that important? Because our bridge groups are an important part of our discipleship pathway. How do we make disciples? We share life, first of all. So that means you get to know somebody and you, sh- and you create a bridge where you can share the gospel and, and the hope is that they will come um, and to saving faith. After we share, then we support them. How do we support? There's three layers of support. We give them a running partner because this is a, 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 a race, a Christian race, and so we give them someone one-on-one. Secondly, we give them a bridge group because in the bridge group we take God's word that we just heard on Sunday and, and we, we talk about it and the focus is application and so we're building community through this. And then the third part of that support is this corporate gathering where we do our primary teaching. So the share, support, we help them identify their, their spiritual gifts so that they can serve. And then finally, we send them out to go and reproduce. And so bridge groups are a big part of our discipleship pathway. So we're praying that uh, God will continue to grow um, our church and that we can start a new bridge group, which have started. They're still early in the process, so it's still not too late to get into one. You can jump in at any point in time. The great thing about it is because we don't do book studies and all that other kind of stuff, you're really not behind. All you have to do is uh, hear the sermon from Sunday. It's on the website. Um, It's on a podcast. Hear the sermon, and then when you show up, you're you're on the same playing ground as everybody else. So you can get that. Uh, you can still get into a small group if you want more information. Put that on the bridge card. Our youth, I'm excited about them. Uh, we're going to be. They need to be fed through God's word as well. So they'll be going to focus here in a couple of weeks. Challenge is the conference that they're going to go to this summer, July the second through the sixth. Um, if you want your student. Whether, uh, who, who is entering 6th grade or have completed 12th grade. If you want them to be a part of this conference, July the 2nd through the 6th, we need to know that so we can get them registered. Now, I've got some really, really exciting good news. One of our partner churches came to me and they said, Brandon, what is one thing that, you can, that we could do that we're really help set the bridge up for success. I said, I need some help because I, I've got a lot on my plate. I'm over capacity right now, so I need another full-time employee. And they said, okay, we'll help. So I'm pleased to announce that starting um, in the next 30 days or so, Pastor Josh 
who is currently part-time, will become uh, our next full-time employee. Come on and give God some praise for that. <laughs> praise God for that. One of the reasons that we've been able to grow like we have is because I don't have to do everything. The more help I can get, the more I can focus on the things that God has really gifted me to do well and the things that I'm really passionate about and the things that give me life. If I had to do Emily's job and Josh's job and Rose's job now, I would not be nearly as effective. Assuming that y'all think I'm effective. Y'all keep showing up, so I'm assuming that too. But I wouldn't be nearly as effective as I am without their help. And so Josh going full-time will take some things off my plate so that I can focus on the things that God has really shaped me to do well. Um, and so I'm excited about that. And that's just another way that God has provided for the Bridge Church. So we're excited about Josh coming on full-time in 2018. Now, here's what you really want to talk about. One of the things, one of our goals in 2017 was find a building solution. Now y'all going to perk up. <laughs> yeah, I know it. That's what you've been waiting on. And we said everything is on the table, whether it's leasing longer, uh, buying a property and, and repurposing that property, finding another existing church building and taking that over. Everything was on the table. And so for um, a year and a half, the elders we prayed, we talked, we went and looked at all kinds of buildings we talked about. We said, what is our mission, which is to make disciples? What is unique about our mission? We want to do it in a multi-ethnic context. What's the best place to do that in Wichita? We said, we think where we are now is the best place as far as this community. And so we decided that we wanted to look in this community, in our target area, between Woodlawn and Grove, and we... And, from Kellogg up to 21st, and we scoured the place looking for different things. There were a couple of times we went outside of our target area saying maybe God is telling us to go, but nothing ever materialized. And so when we, we became clear that we need to stay here, and so we looked through a number of buildings. Let me give you an idea of what we did so y'all don't think we just said, we just kind of settled. We've looked at school buildings. We looked, as a matter of fact, I was excited about the school building because it's right behind my house. Um, we went into that school building, and we're like, it'd be a great education wing. But it, it was not good for everything that we needed to do as a church. What we were thinking, we took our wives with us because we said, hey, we, we, we need some other, some other people's uh, opinions and thoughts. We took another person's wife with us who was an elder's wife. And, and so we had, I thought there was good thoughts. And the first thing we said is, even if we buy this building with all the land that it has, we'd have to start building day one. So we had an asking price of $500,000, I think, for just the building and a lot of land that it came with, but we wouldn't have had a place to gather on a week-to-week -week basis. We looked at some property here at um, Oliver and 21st. It was up for auction, um, and God, I had this gut feeling that 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 property needed to remain a retail space for this community. The other problem was because the auction was coming up so soon, I didn't have enough time to raise the funds necessary because when you show up for an auction, they want a certain amount of money day one. So we didn't even have the funds to it, so we looked at that property. 
We've looked at Crown Uptown. Now, y'all think the building that we looked at at Grove and 13 doesn't have parking? Go to Crown Uptown. It can fit like five cars. So we looked at that. We've looked at that building. Uh, what else have we looked at? Help me. So a lot of buildings in Baco, believe us. So we looked at this building. Now, I want to make something clear about this building. There may be the thought out there that Brandon, in particular, doesn't want this building. He doesn't want to be at this building. Let me clarify something. When you remove all the issues with the building and the funding, my preference was to stay at this building. It gives us room to grow, and the potential is enormous. At this point, that's all it is, is potential. There's a lot of space here. So I want to go on record here saying that this building was something that I would love to have uh, been able to purchase and, and, and stay here or lease until we can purchase, whatever. So I want you guys to know that I, I believe, and, and from the bottom of my heart, that I gave this building the time and the attention that it deserved as we were trying to make um, a decision. Now, let me paint the reality about this building uh, because there's, I've heard your feedback, and some of the feedback was, well, why don't we just stay here and see if the price comes down? Why don't we just stay here um, until they kick us out and all this other kind of stuff? Let me tell you what's happening. So I just had a phone call with the senior pastor of Word of Life Church, um, and what he told me about this building is they wanted, um, I can't remember, it was $750,000 or $800,000, one of the two, $750,000 or $800,000 for this building. He called me. I said, the most, we value this building at $500,000. Some of you are going to say that's generous, whatever. We said that's the number that we value for this building, $500,000. They scoffed at me. They said they were offended by the offer, and there was no way that they would ever take that offer because they would have to take a significant loss. Okay. We let it just stay there. He called me. He said, if you guys are trying to wait us out, that's a bad strategy because we're not desperate. Okay. So what's your offer? 500000 <laughs> He says, well... Even if we took that $500,000, we'd have to bring $50,000 to the table because let's make the assumption that they owe around five fifty dollars um, to the owner of the building. I said, so are you telling me if we sweeten the deal to $550,000, you'd make the deal? No. Okay. He says, no church should want us to lose money on property. I'm, guys, I'm just telling you what he told me I because I want to paint reality for you. It's not my, I also don't think it's the church's fault, the bridge church's fault, that you didn't maintain the property and it's lost value and what have you. He says, well, even if we don't get our full asking price, we've already received offers of, of at least $650,000, which is $150,000 better than the offer that we made. And he says he's received offers for this to become an another church. There's other churches that are interested in buying the building. The only thing is they need to sell their existing building. They've, there's talk about this being turned into a charter school uh, for the community. And so the reality as it stands right now is the seller has said, don't wait us out at 500000 
we, we're not, we don't want to lose money on this deal, and we receive better offers. And so that's the reality with this building. And so they are actively trying to sell this building. They've sent emails out. They've made phone calls. And so as elders, we said, okay, how can we best lead through this? Because we don't want to be put in a position where we get a, I get a phone call one day and said we sold the building to another church and they don't want you guys meeting at 10 a.m. or 9.30 a.m. or they don't want you to share at all. And so how do we lead through this as best? One of the test cases for leading in the church is leading in the home. And I said if this was the Reddick household and we were in a rental property and the owner told us, I'm trying to sell this property, and we said we're interested in buying it at a set amount, but they wanted uh, much more than what it was actually worth, what would I do for my family? I would look for some stability and security for my family. So I thought it would only be right for us to have this similar approach for God's house, the church. And so this is how, and I'm just trying to give you some of the thought process as what the elders have talked about for a year and a half and prayed through as far as what we're going to do for the building. So we went over to Grove and 13th. Let me tell you how this building came about. We actually didn't look for that building. That building found us. And so when you talk about is this what, is this really God's will for the bridge? Well, let me, let me just tell you what happened. We get this realtor. The realtor says, I know of a building. The church is closing. And someone asked in their comments, why did the church close? Because it got down to 12 members. And they were being supported. It's a Presbyterian church. They were being uh, supported by the Presbyterian. The Presbyterian said, time's out. Nothing's changing. Let's just close it. Send the people to other Presbyterian churches. um, And let's uh, sell this building. So that's what happened. So we get a call. We go look. We go look, and we're underwhelmed. Underwhelmed, like many of you are. 30% of you, to be exact, are. And so we, we go look, we go have lunch, and we say, let's just debrief. What do we think? We talk. We talk ourselves out of it. Uh, we talk ourselves kind of into it. We kind of talk our way out of it, into it, and we just keep moving forward. So, we said, we finally made a recommendation that we think we should buy this building because we've, this word of life has made it very clear that this is not an option for us. There are no other buildings in this area that fit our needs and our budget. And so we said, this building at Grove 13th is the building that we're going to recommend to the church. We had a meeting there. You all shared your concerns, your thoughts, and what have you. And so we went on with the process. Uh, we took this to Uh, The members, again, 70% of you said, let's move forward. 30% of you said, no. Um, And we want you to know as elders, we heard everybody. Even the people that said yes said, the size concerns me. For every, I think I can speak for the elder team when we say, the size concerns us. So, if you want to know what was the outcome, the elders and the members, the consensus is we need to make this move to the building at Grove and 13th, the Brotherhood Presbyterian building. So I'm here to announce to you it's happening. Okay. Now, let's talk about 
some of the issues that, that have come up. Uh, the size. What's that saying about uh, necessity is the something of innovation? Thank you. And so what it's going to allow us to do is to be innovative and creative. We are creative beings by nature. And so we're going to have to, when it comes to size, we're doing some things to try to maximize the space the, base, the best we can. Yes, we'll probably be close to capacity from day one. We'll figure it out. What are the options for when we get too big or when we outgrow that space? Well, the, the, the easiest thing, well, the quickest fix is to go to a second service. Is it ideal? No. But is that the best thing for us to do um, in a short-term basis? Yes. I heard your concerns. We go to a second service, that means the worship team has to sing twice. Nursery has to do this twice. Your volunteers got to serve twice. I hear you. It's not ideal, but we got to do what we got to do based on how God has provided. Size is concerned. You've heard the vision. The vision is there's vacant property there. The vision is we're going to buy it up as soon as we can. Let me tell you something that, that's already happening. There's some land, vacant land, just west, immediately west of that uh, where the preschool is. It's vacant. The owner has reached out to us and said, I'm interested in selling. We're going to, the, the elders have decided we need to try to buy that. They've authorized me up to a certain amount to try to buy that property. So in the coming weeks, we're going to engage in negotiations. And so what that does is hopefully maybe we can at least for the short term use it for parking because we know parking is an issue. Amen. We know it. By the way, what do we do for parking in the meantime? We're going to use what we have and we're going to try to get into a relationship with the Save-A-Lot right across the street that we can use some of that parking on Sundays. There's no guarantee, but we're going to make sure, we're going to try very hardest to see if we can get some of that property. Uh, it may come at a cost. We won't. Go, hopefully, you trust us to manage the budget well, and and so we're, that's what we're going to do to help with the parking. If we're able to buy this land just west of that property, that's going to give us some time as well. So part of the long-term vision is buy land, and then we can start building get, and, and what have you in the future. So size is a concern. Safety is a concern. Groven 13th is even more in the heart of the hood. And so you have expressed those concerns, and let me tell you, we hear you. We don't want to be dismissive of what you said. We hear you. Let me tell you my personal thoughts. All the concerns that are being brought to me now and the questions that are being brought to me now are the same questions and concerns that we had um, in 2015 when people learned that we were going to be at this building. How far is the parking lot from the front door? Those are the questions. How many car break-ins have there been? How many break-ins to the buildings have there been? Some of the same questions that I had then are some of the same ones that I've gotten now. And by the grace of God, to my knowledge, there have not been any major incidents at this building. No one has reported cars being broken in that I'm aware of. 
We haven't had any major incidents where people have been concerned about the physical uh, safety by the grace of God. And I think that same God that's been gracious at this building will be gracious at that building. Remember, water walking. Don't look at the condition. Trust the God of the condition. Now, what do we do then? What do we do to still address those concerns? The elders are having active conversation about starting a security team. I got serious about it after 26 people were killed in Texas when they just gathered to worship God. And I said, we don't need to be reactive. We need to be proactive. We don't need to wait till something happens at the bridge before we start talking about security. Let's learn and let's do something. So the elders are working on a plan for security. If that's a ministry that you'd like to be part of, start talking to us. So we're going to have a security team by God's grace. Um, we're going to have people walking the lot. Uh, we already had a, a video, security video system donated to our church, and so we plan to use that. And so we're going to do a number of things to make you uh, as safe and secure as possible. But I do want to tell you this. God has not called us to feel comfortable. He's called us to be uncomfortable. Following Christ should be uncomfortable. When I planted this church and I was giving vision, I said, being in a multi-ethnic church, the new comfort is being uncomfortable. Get comfortable being uncomfortable. Too much in the Christian church, the reason there's so much segregation in the church is because we've sought comfort too much. The reason that there are worship wars is because there's too much comfort in the church. By the way, to deal with this issue of comfort, I bought some books. I've got 20 books at the book at the back, and, and the name of the book is Uncomfortable. And, I, and they're free. Just get it and read it. Don't get it if you're not going to read it. But I think it's going to challenge us, it's going to convict us, and it'll encourage us that we are doing God's will by putting ourselves in some uncomfortable situations. I'm finna go there. Tell your neighbor he's going there. Thank you. There is a cultural part to this. Your pastor, guess where he's most uncomfortable? College Hill, Eastboro. What? We fear what we don't know. Guess where I'm most comfortable? Oliver and 13. Because this is where I grew up, a place like this. So I just want you to be aware, be careful that your stereotypes don't get the best of you and that you're not going off old data as well. Because three blocks south of this church that we're going to is a rehabbed, renovated, and completely transformed neighborhood because of Habitat for Humanity. So, let me tell you something. Maybe this will get you excited. I told you, I think God's hand may be in this, even with all the issues that comes with this building. Here's why I think God's hand in this. One, we were not looking for this building. It just kind of randomly showed up. 
We start casting vision for it, and a lot of 70% of y'all got really excited about it. Partners got really excited about it. So much so, the elder said, Brandon, we're going to authorize you to go and um, engage in negotiations with the Presbyterian Church and to try to purchase this building. They authorized me up to $200,000 to purchase this building. I went and had negotiations just recently, and tell your neighbor, say, hold on to your seat. We're buying this building for $100,000. Wait, 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 wait. I'll tell you when you can shout. That $100,000, zero is coming from the British church. Now we can shout. A donor said, I believe in the bridge. I think you guys can still grow it despite its limitations. I want to help. I want to be involved in this. And he said, I'll give you a gift of $100,000 to pay for this building. I, I just looked at these things. I said, maybe it's God. All I'm asking you is go walk on water with me and just see what he does. Now, we're going to go to this building. There's some things that we got to do. We want to make some updates. We need to do some remodel and re- renovations. We need to uh, do some things to the parking lot. And so that's roughly around $150,000. All right? So now, we still got to figure out how we're going to pay for all this $150,000. So, so I need $150,000 is all I'm saying. All right? So y'all come with your checkbooks. I'll give you one week. All right? <laughs> Somebody, a, a donor said, I don't want y'all to go in too much debt over this. So he says, I'll give you $150,000 at a 0% interest rate. You can shout on that too. I I don't know. Maybe it's God. He told me, I just want to remind you of the promise. Because you remember when we, we, in other translations um, of this story with Peter walking on water, Peter, uh, God tells, Jesus tells them, Let's go to the other side. If Jesus says we're going to the other side, no matter what happens on the way there, you don't get to the other side. And so all you have to do is just trust the promise that God has given. God promised me, you preach the gospel, and I'll take care of the rest. And I think God is showing, I'll take care of the rest. And so he's done it, he's provided, and so you're going to receive more information Coming forward, it's going to take a lot more prayer. Here's the thing that, that mostly concerns me. The money doesn't concern me about the building. God's provided that. The, the unity of our body is my biggest concern. Because not everybody is concerned about the building. It's not that they uh, don't trust us as elders. It's just that it's small. But Glenn Davis, who's the missionary director, director of missions for the Southern Baptist Church, he said, Brandon, let me encourage you. I had a building very similar to that in Hutch, and he said, we grew to 500-plus people. He said, now we had to go to three services, but we continued to grow. Some of the feedback that I received from those for and against it said, I just don't think we'll be able to grow. I'm asking you, just last week we heard in Ecclesiastes, everything is in the hand of God. So let's just trust 
God's hand in this. I, if we trust the sovereignty of God, trust that God is sovereignty, that, that God is sovereign enough to overcome all the limitations that come with this building. All right, we got to move. Let me say this. What's the next thing? What's the first thing I told you about? Okay, one of the issues that we have, where's my phone? I need it. Everybody take out your phone. Take out your phone quickly, quickly. Y'all got me tight over the building. Take out your phone quickly. One of the issues that we've had in this church from the very beginning is communication. It's communication. We send out email only to learn that most millennials don't read their email regularly. What? And so what the data that we see right now is that we have a 50% response rate or engagement rate when it comes to email. Or you read your email, but it's three days after we needed you to read it. And so we said we need to diversify our, uh, how we communicate with people. We need to communicate, 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 um, because we, people need to know what's going on in their church. And we said, what are all the issues we have? How can we best address this? We've got a website, but that doesn't do everything. So when we, once we talked about our needs and everything, we said, let's do what everybody else does. There you go. Let's get an app. So now I'm excited to unveil to you the Bridge Church app. Yeah, yeah. yeah baby. Here is what you need to do. Uh, you can go to, you can text Bridge, capital B, I don't know if that's necessary or not, 316. Text that. That's the message. You're going to text to, the, to this number, 206 859-9405. Download the app, then I'll tell you how to get there. And I want to show you some of this and we'll be done. It's the church app. So download that. There's a couple of ways, I, don't, I didn't do this way, but you'll just need to search for the Bridge Church-KS. No. Okay. Okay. The first person to get it, I have a surprise for you. The first person to actually upload the app. The Bridge Church. You don't have a signal. <laughs> None your business. <laughs> Capital M. Who asked me? Capital M. U L. T I. Three, T-H-N-I-C. You got it? Okay, the surprise is congratulations. Okay. All right. So the first thing you open to, are we ready at the back? Are we still working on it? All right.
All right, while we're pulling that up, let me announce something else that we're going to be do, doing to develop leaders while we are downloading that. I'm excited to announce the elders have approved uh, for us to start our own pastoral apprenticeship program. What is that? What that means is there are going to be uh, men who say, I feel like God is calling me into ministry. And so what we're going to do to shepherd them through that is we've created an apprenticeship program that's somewhere between 18 to 24 months where we will invite men to to come alongside of us, um, and we're going to uh, give them knowledge and experiences and coaching to develop them to be pastors. The dream is to where this apprenticeship is going to be so in-depth that they're going to be able to leave from this apprenticeship and go be a pastor on staff here at the bridge, maybe, or somewhere else in our city or throughout the country. And so what they'll have the first year, they'll have eight or nine rotations uh, that look like preaching, worship ministry, counseling, discipleship, uh, youth ministry, all these different things. They'll have to read books, write a reflection paper, discuss that with me. They'll go interview other pastors and churches and mission groups and what have you. Um, and then they'll actually, we'll send them to some conferences and what have you. Hopefully, we'll have them prepped enough so where they can actually preach on a Sunday morning, lead worship service on a Sunday morning. And so our goal is to just continue to develop pastors among pastors among pastors. Um, because one of the things that we run into is that there are a lack of pastors and baby boomers are getting towards retirement age. And so we're going to see this big gap where churches need pastors, but there's not enough supply of them. And so the bridge says we need to continue to develop men for the kingdom of God. So that's one thing that we're excited about. So let's get back to, if you want more information about it or are interested, uh, you can get in touch with me. Um, all right, here we go. The, fir- the front page of our app, as soon as you open it, it's Sunday morning. Okay? <laughs> Good. There you go. Good job. Welcome to the bridge. <laughs> so now, the first thing you'll see is worship guide and sermon notes. And so if you click on that, Then you can click on Worship Guide, and it'll show you the order of service right there. So if you want to do it digitally, you can. You can also, you're like, but I need my guy because I take notes. Well, there's a take a note option in there as well. You can take your sermon notes through the app now. Every week, we'll put the sermon scripture, going back to the home page, we'll put the sermon scripture in there. Now, here's what y'all would like to do. Y'all like to call and email about announcements. There's an app for that now. So you will know what's happening. So let's go through it real quick. We'll knock out two bullets with one stone. I mean, two birds with one stone. Sorry. My wife's always talking about shooting me, so I'm... So, for instance, you can see now, there's an announcement about the Super Bowl party. There's going to be a Super Bowl party on Super Bowl Sunday. You can open that up, and it'll tell you all the information you need to know about the Super Bowl party. We've been talking about Challenge, that conference for uh, youth that's in there. We need to know who's going so we can get you registered. That early bird registration ends February 1st. 
Another important announcement, exploring membership, that's where you learn more about becoming a member at the British Church, is going to happen on Sunday, February the 4th. If you want to attend, we need to know that, okay? Put that on the bridge card. The fundraiser for Panera, that's tomorrow evening from 4 to 8 at the Panera here at Hillside and Central. Um, and so just take the flyer um, and you'll be able to go. So now you have announcement. The Sunday set list. I'm moving on back to the home page. You'll see the Sunday set list. You can click on that. It'll bring up the set list for the week. Um, now, the one thing you do need to know is if you, um, if you play from your phone, it's going to give you random songs. You'll hit our playlist, some of the songs on our playlist eventually, but it gives you random songs unless you are a premium subscriber, meaning you pay for this service. The best way to hear the playlist, um, just the songs that we're singing this Sunday, is actually from your desktop or laptop, and it'll uh, play it that way. But that's another way to help you engage on Sunday morning. Going back to the home page on Sunday morning. Your bridge card, you can now do that digitally. Once mine pulls up, yeah. Too many of y'all on our internet. I shouldn't have gave out the password. But you can, pull out, you can fill out the bridge card through the app now. So whatever you need, you can talk to us digitally now. And you can give. We need $150,000. You can do that right through the app. Going back to the home page, I'm, I'm flying fast. There's, at the very bottom, there's like five options. I'm going to connect. Connect, there's four options there. You've got bridge group info. When you click on that, um, that's going to bring up all the bridge group options. It's going to show you the vicinity of where they uh, meet. It's also going to tell you the time where they meet and the place, or you, it'll tell you who you can get in contact to learn all those information. And so that's all on that bridge group page. So if you want to know any information about bridge groups, you can go into the app now and find that information. Going back to the main connect page, if you have prayer requests, you can send that through the app now. It'll come to the staff, and we'll be praying for you as well as the elders. One of the problems that we had is that in our bridge group, we, it was hard to get the discussion guide out to everyone through one avenue. We now have that here through the Connect tab. You can click on Discussion Guide, um, and then actually click on Discussion Guide, and then the Discussion Guide will come up. Yes. Going back to the main Connect page, there's also Serve. This will tell you all about the ministry opportunities, and there's also a form there. Where you can serve, where, where you can fill out this form, you can tell us what ministry you're interested in, uh, how often you'd like to serve, and we come back to you, um, and we'll get in contact with that leader, um, and we'll get you serving. Um, then real quick, let me just tell you, going back to the main page at the bottom, you can click on sermons, you can either watch the video or just listen to it um, via audio, but all of our sermons from now on will be put in there. There's a Bible option in there. You can just read through the whole Bible. Um, and then if you click on the More tab, you can also see a map of where our church is. You can also get to our Twitter, our Facebook, uh, our main website, and give as well. We have made some significant changes to the website 
And so we're going to encourage you to go to the website and look through that. There's some things on there that we've, that we've added. So I encourage you to look through that. Maybe next week if we have time, I can just uh, highlight some things. But we, we're, we're way past time now. So I'm going to invite those men who are responsible for taking up the offering to come up now. Um, and we're going to receive tithes and offering. Um, we're, we're going to ask you to look through the app if you have access to it for if you want information about uh, any of the announcements that came forward as well. What are we going to be doing? So we talked about reaching up, reaching in, reaching out. There are a couple of things that I want to tell you about reaching out. One, we need to increase our level of partnership. Man, you can come forward and receive the offering. We're going to end those bridge cards. We need to increase our level of partnership with Adams and Spate. Here's what they've asked from us. They said, we just need presence. We need you guys to physically be there now. So they're asking for things like, will you just, some of our kids' lives will completely be changed if someone just came and had lunch with them. That's not hard. Now, I know there's work schedules, but if you have flexibility where you can just go have lunch with a kid, at, at, primarily at Spate, this principal said it would change their life. They, she needs, both schools need mentors. So if you're willing to mentor a student uh, just through life, that would be helpful as well. Something else that they've asked us to do is, uh, they said, Adam said, we need some help with uh, uh, the walking, crosswalk people. To, and so they need some people to come in and help with traffic for dismissal of school. So these are things that we're going to be giving you more information about so that we can be more involved and start building relationships with the people at Spate. One last really exciting thing, and we'll be dismissed. We always go to the schools and we say, How can, what can we do to help you, to be a blessing to you? The principal at Spate Elementary said, our school is so high need that our kids don't even have shoes. Or they, they grow out of their shoes so fast, and, and, it's, and they're not easily replaced. She says, I'd love to be able to do some kind of shoe drive. And so she starts giving me this vision and all this kind of stuff. And I said, okay. She says, I'd love for all 450 of my kids to get a brand new pair of shoes. I said, okay. I don't know where that money coming from, but okay. Walking on water. Who said that? Yeah. And so that's what I started doing. And so I started, I, I said, I went and shared this with uh, someone, and I said, um, the principal said she'd like to do a partnership between um, either Famous Footwear or, what's the other one? Shoe Carnival. Um, and said, I said, okay, okay. So went to Shoe Carnival. They said, um, I kind of gave them some numbers and stuff. Um, and they said, each student can get a brand new pair of shoes. Um, it'll either be Fila or LA Gear, and they'll have two or three options from each of those brands, uh, and we could probably do those for $30 a shoe. So you do the math, it comes up to like around $13,500. I'm like, well, that's not in the bridge's budget. So what do we do? We say, all right, we're going to go to this God that walks, who, who's walked on water, and God provided. Not, not, he didn't give us the $13,500 that we needed, but he did give us the $16,500 that we needed. And so every kid... <laughs> Ain't God good? And so every kid at Spade Elementary is going to get a brand new pair of shoes. Guys, I'm just trying to show you God is good. 
Won't thank you. I'm going to try it again. I said God is good. Y'all like, Brandy, you on our lunch break. That's why we ain't talking to you. But God is good. And I just want to tell you how good he's been. And I, Taylor, thank you. Eyes have not seen. Ears have not heard or has been revealed to the Son of Man what God is going to do through the Bridge Church as we continue to make fully devoted followers of Christ in a multi-ethnic context. All I'm saying to you is keep trusting God and watch him work. Let's stand. Father, thank you so much for what our eyes have seen and what our ears have heard on this day. Thank you for being so good, so kind. Thank you for providing. Yes, we took out a day today to talk about what you've done, and we, we didn't really have time to go through a certain passage of Scripture like we normally do, but we wanted to take this time to share with this body what you've been doing and get them excited and show them how they can be involved in this. And so, God, thank you for your goodness, your kindness, your favor, your faithfulness, and your provision. And so, God, we look forward to what you're going to do in the British Church, through the British Church, um, and to the British Church. Father, we pray that also our nursery workers will be forgiving on this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you guys for being here. You are sent.